What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Whether you're thinking of divorcing your narcissistic spouse, right in the middle of it, or have finalized your divorce, the tactics are the same. If this sounds like you, you need to know about Christine Hammond's new masterclass series, How to Survive a Divorce with a Narcissist. In this four-hour video series, Christine Hammond introduces the toxic tactics that narcissists use to abuse, humiliate, and manipulate you, and teaches you exactly how to recognize these tactics and navigate through them with mastery and confidence. How to Survive a Divorce with a Narcissist is a deep dive, a masterclass that'll show you how narcissists use tactics like bait and switch, scare tactics, roller coaster ride, and child's play. It's How to Survive a Divorce with a Narcissist, a four-hour recorded video masterclass with Christine Hammond. For more information or to purchase today, just go to growwithchristine.com forward slash narcissism. That's growwithchristine.com forward slash narcissism. This masterclass will change your life. Again, that's growwithchristine.com forward slash narcissism. This is Understanding Today's Narcissist. Brought to you in part by PsychCentral.com. And now here's your host, Christine Hammond. Today I would like to discuss something that we don't really talk a whole lot about, which is how a narcissist parents. And we're going to call this shame-based parenting because really it is a specialty of the narcissist and if you are a child of a narcissist this is going to sound really familiar for you you might need to stop this along the way and pause and take a break Um, you might even find that some memories kick in while i'm discussing some of this all of that is really quite normal so take your time with this one It might be intense, and if you are married to a narcissist, um, this is a red flag warning sign for you for how your narcissistic spouse may be parenting your child. And so you by listening to this, you can then learn how to take action against it and to counteract some of the tactics that they might use to shame your kids so they don't wind up in therapy for a large portion of their lives. So let's talk about this for a second. And uh, I'm going to give you an example of somebody by the name of Victor. Um, And I had asked him at one point in time, what do you obsess about the most? And he paused for a little bit thinking about it. And but one word kept resonating with him. And that was shame. So he tried to try and figure out where exactly was that shame coming from and what did it mean. And as he started going back over his childhood and we started recounting some things about his father, um, a story came to mind for Victor. And I'm going to share with you a little bit of the story. He was about five years old at the time. um, And his father, who was um, very demanding, he was bullying, he was controlling and unbearable, uh, 
was also an alcoholic as well. So one night, Victor had heard his dad uh, in what he now knows is a drunken state, and he was yelling at his mother. He could vividly remember the sound of her crying, um, and so he snuck down the stairs to watch what was happening, only to find that his dad was actually grabbing at his mom and hitting her. Without a second thought, um, and this huge wave of protectiveness came over Victor, he ran downstairs and got in between them. What happened next is a bit of a blur, but long story short, Victor, after the scrimmage, ended up with a broken arm at the hands of his father. They went to the emergency room, and Victor's father had sobered up by this time, but he weaved this false story of how he rescued Victor from a nasty fall down the stairs, and then he actually blamed Victor for getting out of his bed as the reason for the event. Victor was young, he was five, remember, so he accepted responsibility for what had happened Uh, He didn't really feel like he had much of a choice. However, now, um, as a grown adult, he allowed others to continue to shame him. So his narcissistic father's early conditioning had unknowingly caused this shaming obsession in his life. And when others weren't shaming him, he started shaming himself. This is not a very uncommon narcissistic behavior, Um, but why does a narcissist actually do this? So usually, um, we've talked about this before, they harbor a deep-rooted insecurity that is masked by the narcissism uh, that they cannot tolerate exposing even in the slightest. So in order to self-protect from their deep-rooted insecurity, this leads the narcissist to manipulatively shame others in an effort to maintain their superior status and deflect any vulnerability. A narcissist, unwilling to feel their own fear fear or shame, instead diverts it purposefully by causing others to feel the exact same way. So in the case of Victor, his father was targeting him um, to reinforce his own confidence, meaning the dad's own confidence. So in order to put an end to such harmful behavior, because as you can imagine, this is quite damaging, um, uh, not only to the child, but to an, an adult, it's necessary to become aware of the ways that a narcissistic parent shames a child. So I'm going to go over some examples. And again, this might be hard listening to it, but take your time through it. The first one is what we call historical revisionism. So a narcissistic parent will retell their child's story with shaming commentary favoring the parent's purpose. This is frequently done in front of others as a way of discounting any success the child might have accomplished. The narcissistic parent will state that they are trying to keep the child humble for their own benefit, though in reality they are actually causing humiliation for the child. Those witnessing... um, the story view the child uh, in a light filtered by the parent, giving the parent complete control over the situation. So this historical revisionism is basically a narcissist retelling a story um, that happened to the child that really is very embarrassing. It could be an embarrassing moment when they lost something, forgot something, um, when they got in an accident, Um, and they are shaming the child in front of others for their own purposes. Next, confidence breaking. A narcissistic parent uses private detailed information to expose their child at the worst possible time. This is done to reduce the child while elevating the narcissist. 
A narcissist might even do this just prior to a major life event as a way of undermining any confidence their child might have had. So like at a graduation would be a typical example of this. After they just won a tournament for a soccer game would be typical or even, sadly enough, a birthday party. By breaking the assertiveness the child might have momentarily held or the attention the child might have momentarily held, the narcissist is now back at the helm and can once again, um, once again, uh, is capable of commanding the space. So they take all the attention away from the child because they can't have anyone else having more attention than them. That is what we call confidence breaking. Next, exaggerated faults. Within a narcissistic mind, no one is perfect except for them. So narcissists are very good at identifying the faults of their children and even better at passively aggressively commenting on them. This is a way of putting their child in their place. When confronted, the narcissist will often say, I was only joking or simply claim that their child can't handle a joke. Writing it off as something that the child could not maturely handle only highlights the dominating qualities of the parent. So we call this exaggerating faults. Once again, this is where a parent, a narcissistic parent, is putting the child in their place by exaggerating the child's faults so that the narcissist can look better than them. Next, victim card. Narcissists are talented at exasperating their child and then using their poor reaction as justification for identifying themselves as the victim. Regardless of how aggressively the narcissist incited the child, an angry reaction to the provocation is viewed as shameful. The child, who is conditioned to feel responsible, most often allows the narcissist to play the victim card and thereby surrenders all control to them. So in this case, the victim card, we're talking about the narcissistic abuse cycle where the narcissist flips things around and provokes the child um, and then the child reacts badly and then the narcissist plays the victim card with the kid. So if you don't know the narcissistic abuse cycle, that is another one of the podcasts and that is something that you should listen to. It will explain this much clearer. That's victim card. Next, blame shifting. Whenever something goes wrong, the narcissist shifts all blame to the child. The child, who may have only made a minor mistake, enables the narcissist to dump more than their fair share of the responsibility onto them. This way, the narcissist takes advantage of their child's vulnerability, they escape responsibility, and they leave the child to face all of the consequences. So blame shifting, again, is when the narcissist is shifting the blame to the child. And the child might have done something super small, um, but it doesn't matter. It's all the child's fault. Next, baby talk. And it's not what you think it is. So pay attention. In any narcissistic parent-child relationship, the narcissist wants to be seen as the adult regardless of how much their child might have aged. So we are talking about like adult children of narcissists, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s even. To achieve this, the narcissistic parent will belittle in condescending ways such as literally talking down towards a child who might even be 50 years old, calling their adult child immature, again, 
they might be very mature and very successful in saying that their adult child needs to grow up when in fact they might be very grown up at this point. The implication is that the narcissist is always more mature and has developed beyond the level of their child, regardless of what that might even look like. This tactic is used by the narcissistic parent to maintain superiority despite the status of their their child has obtained. I have even seen narcissistic parents do this to very successful adult children of theirs um, and ones that have risen up above their own social status uh, and even done quite well. And it doesn't matter because the narcissistic parent is still better. We call this baby talk. And now you can see why I said that this isn't what you think it is. Next, we're going to talk about offensive play. The narcissist will use personal attacks to put the child on the defense. Often, the child will get so caught up in defending their name or character that they completely miss the attack. Look how defensive you are. You must have done something wrong, the narcissist will counter. This is a checkmate position because the child has nowhere to go. Defending themselves further only plays into the trap and attempting to avoid the conversation, the confrontation allows for proof of the narcissist's argument. Cornering their opponent, a narcissist can ensure that the outcome resolves in their favor. So the offensive play is where the narcissist is using personal attacks to put the child on the defense. If they defend themselves, then they look defensive and the narcissist goes after them for that. So it is a terrible position to put a child into, but I see that happen quite a bit. Next, talking above. Instead of talking down to the child, as we discussed before, which is what we called baby talk, the narcissist will instead talk over the child's knowledge level. Even if the child is more intelligent, the narcissist talks in circles with an air of authority to force the child into an inferior position. They will use sophisticated vocabulary, physical posturing, such as looking down at the other person, and even embellish details uh, in order to disguise the real point of the shaming. The child, no matter what their ability is, still finds themselves unable to fend off the narcissist's attacks. And turn, and in turn, the parent uh, will always orchestrate a win. So talking above instead of talking down is when you actually talk over the child's intellectual level, or you talk in circles if the child's more intelligent than you in order to confuse the child. Next and last, we're going to talk about comparing accomplishments. Sadly, this is probably the one that I see the most frequent. It doesn't matter what the child has accomplished, whether they're a child or adult is irrelevant here. The narcissist will claim to have done it first, better, and more efficiently. By outperforming the child, the narcissist can minimize their child's accomplishments in comparison to their own. This produces a I-can-never-be-good-enough feeling in the child and solidifies the parent's authority and experience over them. I have seen this all the way into uh, adulthood, way into adulthood, where no matter what the adult child may have accomplished, the narcissist has always done it first, better, and more efficiently. So after 
all of this, um, I hope that this helps you to start to realize just how bad shaming, um, shame-based parenting really is. And certainly for Victor, this was a huge realization because he realized that that shaming voice in his head um, had a lasting effect and it would all stem from his narcissistic father. So in an effort to disguise his own insecurity, Victor's father had developed this unhealthy shaming pattern that still continuously haunted his son. So what Victor had to do was take control of that voice and to separate his own voice from his father's voice that was floating around in his head. But you can't really do that until you know which is which. And by going through these and understanding these tactics that I discussed, Victor was able to get to a place of health and healing uh, because he was able to separate out his father's shaming voice from his own voice. And then he was also able to say, I'm not going to shame myself anymore. There's no reason for that. It's bad conditioning. And with enough time and enough patience with yourself, He was able to totally extinguish all of the shame-based self-talk that he had developed over the years. You can do this too. It is possible, but you have to start with an awareness first. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to Understanding Today's Narcissist with Christine Hammond. Brought to you in part by PsychCentral.com. For more information, visit growwithchristine.com. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.